Shalom, shalom. Welcome back to another episode of the weekly Rav Cook podcast. I'm Aleph Lewitt. Each week, Be'ezrat Hashem, we will take a look at a different piece from Rav Cook's writings and try to break down the often long poetic sentences into smaller units and explain them as best as possible in plain English. Hope you enjoy. This week, we're going to look at a piece from Orota Tchia, which is a compilation of Rav Cook's writing on all the topics he saw as relevant to the Jewish people's end of exile and beginning of redemption. The revival, Tchia means revival, coming back to life of Am Yisrael from Galut and the start of Geula. Some of the pieces are very lengthy, and we're going to look at a smaller excerpt of Piska Bet, or paragraph 2, from Orota Tchia. Our learning this week is going to be divided into two main sections. In the first section, Rav Kook is going to explain a fundamental difference between the nature of individuals versus that of communities. And that's going to serve as an introduction to the second section, where Rav Kook is going to describe how this principle, this difference, can shed light on the intense hatred and anti-Semitism that has existed, unfortunately, and continues to exist today towards us, the Jewish people. So let's jump in. Section one, Rav Kook is basically going to tell us two things. First, after his one-line introduction slash title, he's going to tell us what this difference is between uh, the nature of individuals and, uh, and communities. And then he's going to give an example and elaborate on that example. So what is the, what is the, what is the difference? What is he going to talk about? Hateva motse et ridiato anoshi yoter Nature, or the forces of nature, are much more dominant and their effects are much more much more visible on communities, maybe cultures and nations, than they are on individuals that make up those communities. Hapratim hinam yoter Individuals are more quote unquote free. What does that mean? They're more free. Right. The ability to choose more freely, to choose freely, you know, bechirachovshit is much more noticeable and manifests itself more by you and I as individuals than it does, than it does by, uh, by communities, right? The idea of, of free choice manifests itself very clearly by individuals. You know, you can choose what you're going to do on a, on a, you know, minutely, hourly, daily basis. However, communities, aval ha society, ha-enoshit v'halumit, both, um, humanity as a whole, as well as countries, nations, maybe even religions. They're more subject, more under the influence of, quote-unquote, nature. Meaning, we can perceive their behavior as stemming from, and here's the key word, instinct. I think that's what Rukuk means by nature, instinct. Right? Their behavior the behavior of, of groups, of communities, of society is much more easily perceived as stemming from, from instinct, right? You don't necessarily have a society that, you know, chooses A versus B as much as an individual chooses, you know, what to eat or what time to go to sleep or all the various, various parts of, um, of an individual's choice. Now Rav Cook is going to give an example of this. Darke Hashmira Right? The instinct to protect, to protect oneself, 
Darkei Hashmira, the instinct to protect oneself from harm, what we might refer to as fight or flight, which obviously is hardwired into both humans and animals in order to ensure the con continuation and survival. But this, this fight or flight, or this, this instinct, can be seen more clearly in animals than in humans. Right? An animal will, in almost all situations, um, re respond with this instinct. Um, more so than humans. Humans, we have intellect. Like we said before, we have choice, and we can override those instincts. Um, but the says of Koch, this is only true for individual human beings. As individuals, right, we can, I, we can feel a fear but not respond to it instinctively and, you know, exercise our intellect to move forwards anyways, despite the fear. An animal will just run away, right? A dog or cat doesn't think twice about whether another animal can overpower them. I've seen small dogs, you know, go at it with larger dogs. They don't, they feel threatened and they instinctively either want to escape or, or fight it out. But when it comes to a chevra, when it comes to a society or community of people, says Rav Kook, these animal-like instincts are more present. He's going to explain now that a little bit. He's going to elaborate on that a little bit more. Ha-hakara ha-pnimit, ha-kolelet b'kirba et ha-netiyot lihishamer mikol mazik ulakirat ha-oyiv. Right? This internal recognition, or this instinct, as he called it before, which is made up of the need or desire to protect oneself from potential harm, and and to identify the enemy or the source of that harm, right? without thinking about it too much. Right? It's just instinct. There was no study that was done. There was no um, in, in extensive thought process that went into it. It was just pure instinct. This, this recognition, this instinct, it reveals itself, or it's, it's manifested, in the lives of nations, this instinct manifests itself, says Rukuk, on the larger human scale between nations, between religions, and between races. And now he's going to move over now to section two. And in section two, he's going to explain how paganism and eventually Christianity um, really serves as an example of this, of this, uh, of the manifestation of this instinct, of this instinct at play, um, and how this translates into into their hatred for the Jewish people. Um, one of the terms that Rav Kook is going to use in this next section is the term Eliliut, right? We're familiar with the term Elohim, and paganism or idolatry is identified also in the Torah and the Pesukim of the Torah as Eliliut, or an Elil, which both Elohim and el, el, Elilim come from the root of El, which means a, a koach, a force or a power. And, uh, and the, you know, this is really a discussion for, for another time, but the most basic difference between our belief and the, and the, uh, of Elohim versus the pagan belief of Elilim is that we believe that the multiplicity of, of powers of, 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 of things that, that we see in the world all come from and all boil down to one one source, as opposed to Elilim, which believes in reality by definition as different parts, with different powers constantly being in conflict with one another. But in any event, says Rukuk, Ha-Eliliut, Hirgisha Israel, this body of humanity, Eliliut, the paganism or 
any culture that uh, that subscribes to its beliefs. Hirgisha Israel, it sensed subconsciously that the Jewish people, the Yahadut and Judaism, et oivata hayoter gedola, it sensed that Jewish people and Judaism were its greatest enemy. They sensed asher lefimi dat higaluto haolam. They sensed that to the extent that the message of Jew of Jews and Judaism would be out in the world, that that would be to the detriment of the world. The extent that it would be revealed, would be bad for the world. And therefore, therefore, this instinctive, automatic hatred developed towards the Jewish people. Now Rav Kook transitions into, Christ, into discussing Christianity. Haminut, Christianity, even though it attempted like a nazir, like to steer clear of the textbook quote unquote idolatry or paganism, it nonetheless resembled it strongly. Of course, we know in claiming the manifestation of a god in the form of a physical human body. So it clearly resembled that uh, that paganism very strongly. Why now did Christianity take that course? Says Rav Kook, Right, it wouldn't have been able to effectively spread its message and spread its spread itself, spread Christianity, because the rest of the world had this pagan mindset. Damanu it was in their blood, it was in their flesh, it was it was strongly existing throughout the entire the entire uh, large parts of the world. And therefore, the only way to spread their message of Christianity, ki'im, would have been signon elili. It needed to, quote-unquote, speak their language and adopt a pagan, smi- pagan style, lirifidata v'hashtachat signona, as a add-on or, you know, to take along with it. Christianity needed to take along this pagan style and this, this, this language in order to spread itself. Okay, so how does that impact, you know, hatred towards Jews or anti-Semitism? Where does that come from? Says Rav Kook, Yodati Yafe. Christianity knows full well. Shi'im be'efes yad yit masmes v'yichle ha'alili. That were it to drop this this mask, right? Were it to drop this pagan style that it's adopted and that we've you know come to see as so inextricably linked with Christianity, but really is not. Lotim sa'od ma'amad b'chayim limit ba'am yuchadet. It wouldn't have anything to sell. It wouldn't have anything to show for itself as unique and have reason to spread. Why? Because as we know, what's Christianity's source? Tuchrach, Christianity will then, in that case, be forced to return to what it really is, which is what? Judaism. Tuchrach lihibala bli'aruchanit b'yahadud. Rukuk has this interesting phrase, bli'aruchanit. It'll be forced to be, quote, spiritually swallowed by Judaism. Mekorah, its source. Alkain, because of this fear, because of this perceived, or maybe not perceived, threat, says Rav Kook, Alkain omedet higamkain al-nafsha. Therefore, it, Christianity in this case, is instinctively protecting itself. It's fighting back. And it's filled with its deathly hatred towards Judaism and towards the timalei sinat mavet le-yahadut uli Yisrael 
towards Judaism and towards the Jewish people, those who uphold Judaism. I'll leave the takeaways and conclusions up to you this time to think of for yourself. And we'll just finish off with a short tefillah inspired by something Rav Kook writes elsewhere. In Shmonik Vatsim, Kovetz Gimel, section Shinunvav, 356, Rav Kook has a small piece where he identifies the Galut in the exile with the period of, of anti-Semitism. And then he says the following regarding the upcoming redemption and the, the period of Geula. Aval, bebo hatur shel or haolam lehigalot. When it comes time for the light to be revealed, for redemption, yodea or yuda laolam, it'll become clear to the, to the world, shedarkeh chayim shela onega miti anachamashbim baolam. That it'll become clear to the world that what Judaism is actually bringing to the world is a certain type of pleasure, a certain refined type of joy. Et osher hachayim a joy of life that gives life its value. That without this, without this attitude, without this way of treating life, life loses its value. Right? Joy and happiness, everyone wants that. Everyone's after that. And whatever the source, whatever the provider of that joy, of that fulfillment, of that real deep-seated happiness is, people will respect and treasure. And that's going to be the Jewish people. The Alkane finishes off Rav Kook quoting the Navi Zechariah, Right, that 10 people from the nations of the world will grab on to the, to the corners, to the tzitzio, to the, to the corners of the, of the Jewish person's garment. In other words, this period of anti-Semitism, Rav Kook identifies with the period of exile, and Bezrat Hashem, we should be zocha to see the Geulah Shlema when all anti-Semitism ends, and we're able to bring our besora, bring our message to the world, and the world will, will be able to see the joy and the simcha and the meaning that God, that having a connection to Hashem, brings to life and brings to the world.